Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Charmed Rewind. It's been a little bit, taking a little bit of a break, but now we're back. Better than ever. <laughs> right? Well, this was better Charmed than we've watched recently. That's true. <laughs> oh, man, we could not rewind any further back than we've rewound today. Uh, the theme this time was Grumble Beginnings. <laughs> it was uh, it was all season one episodes. Mm -hmm. And the winner by a landslide was the unaired pilot. Yeah. And uh, we decided to throw in the actual pilot, too, because uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess we should compare what the actual to, one was like. Yeah, to, to make an actual comparison, it's good to have seen the normal thing, too. Yeah, I was glad we did, because honestly, like, it... Um, I mean, it, it had been so long, I didn't remember a lot of what happened, so it was uh, it was good to be refreshed mm -hmm. and see what they reused and what they didn't. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this was, uh, this was strange going back in time to uh, <laughs> Charmed Season 1 uh, pilot. It's such a vast difference. I mean, there's still goofy things there, but the show was trying so much more <laughs> at the beginning than... No, any of the other two episodes of Charmed we looked at recently? It, I mean, like, the fact that they were, like, human beings that seemed to care about people. Yeah. What a, what a stark difference between that and, like, super cynical seasons five and six and beyond. Mm -hmm. Like, doing things like trying to set a mood more and stuff. Just, like, you know, like, how... Almost every episode later, it seems like just opens with their stock shots of the triangle building in the daylight, and then they just come in on them at home whining about something, and Leo's got to change some diapers or something. <laughs> <laughs> Everything seemed less mundane in this episode. Mm -hmm. Holly Marie Combs and Alyssa Milano were not producers in this one, which is a difference between the other two that we watched. Yeah, and Constance M. Burge was in control of the show at this point, right? Yeah, so there was definitely more of the, like, sisterly focus, and I think having uh, Constance M. Burge having more of control over the, the thing, you could tell it was uh, more of a, a woman's focus, the mm. way that it's shot, um, but also, like... There are still things about it that you can tell it's a, a spelling production. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the fact that they've used um, yeah, Shannon Doherty and, like, you know, that she was uh, also in Beverly Hills 90210. The fact that it is a, a female-centric show, but there is so much talk. Uh, this is something that uh, goes throughout the whole, like, uh, the first season, a lot of the early seasons. It's a lot of stuff about dating and about men. Mm-hmm. They're talking, like, there's, like, I don't know, three or four different boyfriends, ex-boyfriends, potential boyfriends <laughs> in this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, so much of this stuff going on. Um, before we, we get too far into this, I wanted to talk about something we didn't go into last time. Okay. Um, it, when we were talking about the Grandma Ghost episode, right? we didn't do the math about, like, just how young she was uh when she supposedly had her kid grandma ghost because like the the timelines were all sorts of wonky the fact that the story was scripted for their mom originally and then they had grandma ghost but looking at the charmed wiki and this is taken from props on the show like they have like a um uh 
a prop that that lists their family tree and when they were born and when they died. So this is the dates taken from the show. <laughs> okay. Okay. Grandma Ghost had Patty when she was 12 years old. <laughs> what kind of fucking creep was her first husband? Yeah. Like, from, like, just when I was thinking about it, I thought, like, man, she had to have been a young teenager from what they're proposing in this episode. But, yeah, 12. Wow. <laughs> she was 12 years old. She had been 12. She 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 was 12 when she got pregnant, and I think she was 13 when she had her. <laughs> I think she celebrated two months of being 13 by having a kid. I think that's how the, the math worked out, and the, the dad was older. I don't remember what the math was there, but old enough to be a big fucking creep. It's not like they were a couple of kids that made a mistake. <laughs> uh, like, did her parents sign off on this marriage? Like, what is going on in this family? Terrible. Stupid. Ah. All right. Well, I guess it's good that the beginning of this episode starts with uh, with Grandma Ghost's death. Yeah. This is <laughs> she becomes Grandma Ghost. We dead. don't see her, but no. that is the uh, the impetus for the series. They've uh, all moved in because their grandma has uh, passed away a few months before, and they inherited the uh, the Halliwell Manor. They at least had the sense not to shove dead grandma ghost at you like the charmed <laughs> reboot with the mother. Just like, yeah, she's dead, but she's here every episode. <sighs> yeah, it took them a while to introduce her, but then she overstayed her oh, welcome. Yeah, constantly. I mean, it, it got really bad later, but Ugh. at least at the beginning here, she wasn't around stinking it up. <laughs> um, I think it is. It is like revealed later that all of these weird things happening is grandma ghost doing things but not appearing yeah possibly. i believe like when the pages turn and the doors open and all that and the the ouija board that's supposed to be grandma ghost mm-hmm. so she's there in spirit i guess so. <laughs> literally in spirit <laughs> uh-huh. you, you find you think about you know this this these slight little things you know doing it without ever being seen and like <laughs> the, that type of approach versus just her popping in. Ah, 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 I don't believe what's going on in the afterlife. <laughs> ah, stupid men. Fuck them and chuck them, I say. <laughs> you need to use them, wash them, and put them back in a drawer when you're ready for them again. <laughs> Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. I would like to apologize for uh, using misogyny when I met misandry mm. last time. Um, I, I was just uh, saying the opposite of what I meant. <laughs> She's a misandrist. Yeah. Which is why throughout this episode you can hear her whispers. Hate men! <laughs> Kill the man. That's what she's leading them up to, killing a man. Oh, it, oh, you know what it is? She was saying hate men, but they heard date men, and that's why they're always <laughs> talking about dates. dates. Lots, lots and lots of dates. <laughs> Uh, so I think we should we should go over the pilot just as it was the final pilot, and then talk about the unaired pilot and what the differences are. It's I the think final that... pilot. <laughs> Okay, so uh, it starts out with uh, a murder, fittingly enough. A uh, witch is doing some sort of spell. A murder. Most foul. 
What's even stranger than a murder is the fact Daryl has a personality. Holy fuck! Personality, Daryl. What happened? What happened to personality? Did he lose it? In sucked the- <laughs> out by the charmed ones. Clearly, did he just need Andy to like lift him up and like? <laughs> did he lose something when he lost his partner? What was going on there? Yeah, it was weird seeing him emote that much. <laughs> yeah, he's uh he's there with Andy, Andy Trudeau, who is uh the inspector boyfriend of Prue. I guess they're not dating yet, but they eventually start to date and he's there through yeah. the first season. And uh and his partner is Daryl. And you were pointing out too, you're like, why didn't Daryl get a new partner after he died? <laughs> yeah. Just never gets a new partner. He just has to be the charmed one's whipping boy after that. Yeah. Poor Daryl. I was excited to see Daryl, though. I was like, here's his big moment. Here's his big first appearance. The audience's first taste of the Daryl. <laughs> and it's not what you're going to get later. No. Big disappointment. <laughs> if this Daryl been around, that would have been something. But <laughs> Just, oh, man. <laughs> He's sort of the uh, the scully to Andy's molder, if you will. Like yeah. Andy is talking about, like you know, these are witches, and like he sh- she was killed with a knife, like a ritualistic knife, uh, because witches use it to direct energy. She wasn't directing Jack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, but by the way, was she killed on a on a, on a like mantle when she was doing some sort of ritualistic thing? And Daryl's like, oh yeah, I guess she was. That probably relates to something. <laughs> yeah. I like that, you know, uh, Andy approaches it that way. He's like, look, I mean, you might not believe that witches really have powers, but I think that's what this guy is targeting is people that think they're witches. Yeah, he even does like a molder. Do you believe in UFOs? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, that is logic. Like, you know, if you saw someone die in a ritualistic way, even if you don't believe in witches or magic or anything, clearly this is involved with some sort of occult activity that you would want to look into. Mm -hmm. I liked the lady's reaction, too. When, when she's murdered, she turns around and it's just a POV shot of the murderer. And she goes, what are you doing here? Yeah. Which they never explain, too, how she knows this person. Yeah, it, it's weird. We find out eventually this is uh, Piper's boyfriend, Jeremy. Oh, Jeremy. So it's like, we find, well, it's like, why is Jeremy <laughs> friends with this woman, too? Like, how did he insert himself into her life? <laughs> yeah, was he, like, reporting on something with her and then dating her? And then, like, it was the same kind of scheme? I guess it didn't go well, because she didn't seem to like that he was there. <laughs> what if that was the only way she knew him, like... Oh, reporter, what are you doing here? Shouldn't you be on the news? (laughs) (laughs) I hate you, stupid report. Was he a news report? Was he like a newspaper reporter or a TV reporter? He he said he was on the TV in the... He was, but he wasn't wasn't reporting. He was just, she saw him and was like, oh, Jeremy's there. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know if he was like a TV reporter. Yeah, he might not have been. I like to, uh, one other thing that's not really explained, uh, their familiar Kit, the cat who was there for the first few seasons, um, she's there, like, in at the murder scene. So she's yeah. with that other witch, mm-hmm. and then she dies, and then she's sort of following the girls around through the episode, like the early edition cat or something. <laughs> yeah. Foretelling doom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, is this supposed to be a Charmed Ones-related thing? Because she's got, like, her... 
she was like got on the collar the symbol yeah was that lady related to them in some way she has the the tattoo on her shoulder which is the same thing yeah that symbol i think meant something else at this point than the it was special on their book of shadows of, well yeah it but, i mean like... i don't think it was just the charmed one's special mark at this point at least through the thinking of what they were I doing guess. here i don't think it's just supposed to be them i think it's just supposed to have something to do with witches and whatever oh okay i love the uh I love the evolution of Kit through this series, okay? Like, she's their familiar who's just there. Like, very rarely does she factor into anything, this cat. Yeah. But, like, once the cat showed up, like, that just hit me. I was like, oh, I forgot they even had yeah. a familiar in this show. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess there was a cat, huh? That was a thing. And, like, cats are notoriously, like, pains in the asses to work with in TV. Mm. Because, like, you can train a cat. But cats are going to do what cats are going to do. Like, they're not like dogs that are like, you know, you can you can train them a lot easier. Mm -hmm. So, like, I understand why you wouldn't want to use it very much. But it's so funny because, like, eventually, like, the cat died mm -hmm. that played it. And they just didn't bring it back or talk about it. Like, they didn't put another cat in. They didn't mention the cat was gone. They just didn't give a shit that their familiar was gone until, like, later they suddenly remember. There was an episode later on where the cat shows up and I think was a person. Yeah, like, they, they turned, <laughs> turned it into, into a person. person. Yeah. Because she, I think they were, like, she, like, graduated. Like, familiars can become people if they do good deeds or something. Like, 100 good deeds for Eddie McDowd or something. She, she got her 100th good deed and became Did a person. Did she die? I don't remember. I don't think she died. No. But it's weird that they never acknowledged that their cat's not there anymore for <laughs> yeah. seasons, like years. This is mm -hmm. never mentioned. Yeah, because it was such a thing at the beginning. I and mean, there's like, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, that's like a lot of charm. They just kind of stripped away a lot of the kind of elements to it later and just became this angry nag show <laughs> it went from being like a witchy show to sex in the city but sometimes they're inconvenienced by powers <laughs> yeah piper has to roll her eyes and do her lazy explode someone's hand gesture <clears throat> oh my god like this piper is the one with like the biggest difference between early seasons and later in the likability factor yeah like seeing her here I liked her. I really did. Like, she has sarcasm to her, and she can be a little bit, like, narciss not narcissistic. Um, she can be a little <laughs> bit neurotic, I should say. Mm. She is narcissistic later. Yeah. But, um, you know, she's she's got this kind of cynicism about her, but not in a way that she is, like, a shrew. Yeah, not in the way that she's completely done with everything all the time. Like, she's actively trying to do things in the pilot here. Like, once things start happening she's not just like jeremy's trying to kill me i don't ha have time to deal with this i'm trying to make a recipe at work can you guys just deal with the stupid jeremy thing ah. <laughs> the immediate wave of relief that i feel with them just having motivations mm -hmm. to do things plot wise just to want to do the plot. That's the bare minimum you would mm -hmm. want from a show. And like, oh my god, they're doing things. It's not like fighting tooth and nail against the the plot of the show. Mm -hmm. It's like, I don't know, when they're doing some of their real 
like their normal life stuff here. It doesn't feel like it's just them trying to not do anything and dink around the house. Like Piper is at a restaurant. Like, and it doesn't linger on it super long, but, you know, it's it's fine the way it's done here. <laughs> I'm not just like, oh, I don't want to see her at the restaurant. It's just kind of a short scene. Yeah, well, it's like they are living their lives and magic is a part of it. And sometimes those things conflict. That's all you yeah. really need to do. It doesn't have to be like you have either or all the time. <clears throat> it's back when Piper remembered she wanted to be a chef. Instead yeah. of going, I want to be a chef. Let's open a club where I'll not make food. Yeah. Well, there was one time she had like a fruit that had a disease that almost killed her. I remember that was a thing. Didn't she remember in the finale that she wanted to be a yeah, chef she's again? Like, anyway, I'm going to open a restaurant now. That was. I just remembered that was my dream. Um. So yeah, they. Uh, so we first meet uh, Piper and Prue. Uh, they are uh, dealing with things at the house that they have just inherited. Uh, Piper's talking about uh, auditioning for a restaurant. Uh, it's weird that she says recipe audition and not interview. Mm-hmm. You know, she's like, I have a recipe audition at this restaurant. Well, the <laughs> at the this recipe restaurant. is having its audition, you know? <laughs> yeah. See how well it plays. Yeah. I like that her evil boyfriend, Jeremy... Uh, he doesn't have to do that much to, like, keep up appearances that he is a normal dude and not an evil warlock, but he does give her, like, a good bottle of port for her to use in this audition. Mm-hmm. Kind of went above and beyond there. Yeah, I guess he's being fairly normal up until later in the episode. Yeah, and then he's like, you know I'm evil, so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bitch. Yeah. There's just no reservation about it at all. I guess he didn't develop any actual feelings for her. No, no. We're also introduced to Prue and her classic sweaters tied around her neck. (laughs) She sure loved, like, knitwear Mm -hmm. in the early seasons. I guess because maybe they were trying to make her, like, more mature because she's the older sister and works at a museum like she, uh... She antiques, she, she like deals with antiques, right? Like she dates things and identifies uh, fakes and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's what she's doing. And she's putting together some exhibit and then her boss slash ex-boyfriend was trying to steal the exhibit from her or something. Yeah. Um, she's got like a lot of sticks up her butt about a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, that, that is a Prue's personality. Um, <laughs> and she doesn't want Phoebe coming around because Phoebe's got a darkness in her and she's sort of the black sheep of the family. And Well, I mean, if she, if Prue w- could get Phoebe's power of premonition and she saw what a monster she was going <laughs> to turn into, I mean, she's right to not want Phoebe <laughs> I guess they did in Morality Bites. I think, like, that was a glimpse into the future, the the good future, where she was burned at the stake for her crimes. (laughs) Get out of here, Ask Phoebe. (laughs) Ask Phoebe released. Ask Phoebe. No. Let me give you some advice. You could burn me a lot easier if you use better kindling. Tell the kindling you love it every day. Oh, she wouldn't do that. She doesn't know anything about real love. She'd Um, be like, ew, gross, love. That'd just be in her dumb column, though. Like, what sounds, like, easy? Tell it you love it. (laughs) Ah, print. (laughs) (laughs) 
burp, fart, leaves. I'm on my lunch break. <laughs> Read the Ask Phoebe column together. You'll grow closer. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Unbeknownst to Prue, <laughs> Bitchy Piper has uh, has rented out their extra room to Phoebe. I like Prue calls uh, Piper Switzerland. <laughs> oh, because she's neutral? Yeah. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Piper always was the heart of the family. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. <laughs> I like they they have a line too where um Prue is trying to uh figure out like they're like we could use like someone to help around the house like where whoever we rent this out to and and uh Piper's like oh well Phoebe's good with a wrench D- do we ever see Phoebe like doing any sort of manual labor as she deigned herself like like them worthy of her like picking up a wrench no I might have believed uh, unaired pilot Phoebe is good with the wrench, but not yeah. <laughs> not Alyssa Milano Phoebe. <laughs> no, in fact, like she seems to be kind of like a useless bum. Like she gets fired a lot and seems to have no discernible skills. I think there's an episode about that later. She becomes like a like a gimmicky fortune teller in a like uh, I dream of genie outfit because she has like no other job skills. <laughs> She was invited to live there because she's just lost her job. She has nowhere to go. I think she was living in New York or something or some city somewhere. Yeah, that's somewhere. what they said. She said, or Prue said she was in New York. And then Piper's like, not anymore. And then Phoebe <laughs> opens the door. Immediately after they reveal this, she's like, hey, guys. Yeah. Prue says, like, when she's supposed to get here. And then that's when the door opens and laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> Ask Phoebe's here. No! no. One of the reasons that Prue seems very angry at Phoebe, though there seems like there's there's lots of legitimate reasons to be angry at her, but one of them is because um, her uh, ex-boyfriend Roger accused Phoebe of, of trying to get with him. Mm. I don't know if this is the reason that they broke up, uh, Prue and Roger, but there seems to be some uh, tension between them because of a, of a guy... Yeah. And, like, you get a look at this guy in this episode. Does he look like someone that they would fight over? <laughs> <laughs> Looks like a wiener. <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's why he made it up. <laughs> they had so many, like, generic dudes in season one that I'm like, I don't understand at all. I don't get this. <laughs> <laughs> But he wasn't even generic 90s handsome. Even if you take the glasses away, he just looks like a nerd. (laughs) (laughs) Nerd! So Phoebe goes up to her room, and she's watching the news, and that's where Piper sees Jeremy on there, but it's just like, huh, Jeremy's there anyway. (laughs) You can just brush over that. Huh, Jeremy on the moon. Yeah. And she's like, what happened? And Phoebe's like, hey, some woman got whacked. (laughs) Yeah. Classic Phoebe. (laughs) Yeah, even in the pilot, we with seeds of things to come. Uh huh. It's notable that unaired pilot Phoebe did not refer to it in such a flippant way. (laughs) They're looking at their mother's old spirit board later. This is a big part of the episode. Is this spirit board like used again? Like, is it used in some of the early stuff? I know it's not there by later, but. 
I don't remember if they use the spirit board for other stuff. Yeah, it seems they like might, it was, but it's been too long yeah, to it remember. Seemed, it seemed like it was an important thing, at least by its presentation in the pilot. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly once Grandma Ghost uh, brings her ghostly bags into the house, moves <laughs> in, and freeloads, I mean, they don't need it anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, how do we get her not to talk to us? Jeez, I don't <laughs> need to hear any more from the dead. Please shut up. <laughs> Uh, Piper's got her priorities straight, though. The first thing that she asks the spirit board is if um, Prue will have sex with anyone but herself in the next year. <laughs> Phoebe's kind of creepy in that, like, ew, gross. Well, anyway, please say yes. <laughs> what? Ew. Uh, but when no one else is looking but Phoebe, that's when the spirit board moves and talks to her and spells out the word attic. <laughs> that's Grandma Ghost. She also says... Uh, hate men. <laughs> she says, down with the penis. <laughs> she says, it out. you old spinsters, spinsters are too old to have kids by this point. You should have had them at 12. <laughs> <laughs> she, she says, never date someone outside of your own bloodline. <laughs> Fuck leprechauns. Shit. <laughs> Um, she goes into the attic when the power goes out and finds the Book of Shadows in a trunk covered in dust. That's more dust than I would think a few months would, would do. So you think, like, Grandma Ghost is just like, eh, good thing I didn't throw this away. <laughs> yeah. That was a shit ton of dust. <laughs> yeah, she wasn't using it, I guess. This was like, a, like, years worth of dust. Mm-hmm. And, like, the attic was locked and stuff. It was locked, but Grandma Ghost unlocks it. Mm -hmm. So Phoebe immediately reads it aloud from the book and unlocks their powers. It's just the first line, too. Like, I'm glad that's the first thing in there. It's just unbinding their powers. (laughs) What if she didn't read it out loud? Would it do anything? What if she just reads it in her head? (laughs) It's weird, too. They seem to act like it has unlocked their powers because, I mean, it it does does. because it it magics their photo together. (laughs) They're, like, all standing apart and it makes them go closer together. They're they're closer together in their group shot. (laughs) Just like, (laughs) this is the silliest thing. Why? Why? Yeah, like, why would it need to alter this? Like, their powers work, so now their picture, they're slightly closer. Why does it do that, and why does it light up their chandelier? What significance is any of this? I don't know. <laughs> but, like, um, Prue and Piper, they come to bitch at Phoebe about this. Like, how did you get in here? How are you in the attic? <laughs> um, and then she says something about if, if they want to unlock their powers, they have to do it now. As if there's some, like, time crunch here, but they don't do anything further unless that spell at the end was supposed to be them like cementing it but it seems like their powers are already unlocked yeah i didn't get anything about them needing to do anything more how quickly was phoebe like oh this is because of our powers and we need to unlock our powers and she'd read that like 10 seconds ago Mm -hmm. and she's already like yeah we're witches with powers this seems logical to me like did she ever, like, did this ever come up in their lives? Is this something they knew about? Like, it, it's not very much of a shock to any of them, really. Mm, well, I mean, Prue doesn't believe it, and neither does Piper, really. They first. don't believe it, but it doesn't seem surprising that there is a book of magic spells about them unlocking their powers in their attic. Mm-hmm. 
Like, they don't think that magic is real. Phoebe does. But, like, it, it that would be weird. If you were, like, looking around your house and then you found that your grandma was, like, had a book of spells, and, like, <laughs> wouldn't you think that was strange? Yeah. And the fact, like, you add that to the fact there's, like, a giant spirit board, which their mom, was it their mom who had carved and something in the back of it? Yeah. She said the power of three will set you free. Right. Yeah, yeah, like you add those things together, and yeah, it's starting to get really strange here. I mean, they said that they said mom's old spirit board, and you always moved the thing on your own, and all that. So this is something they've had. Mm-hmm. So uh, just assume that their mom and their grandma did talk about occult stuff. So uh, maybe magic and stuff wasn't that weird. They just didn't think it was real. Maybe. I guess it must have been part of their lives. Evil Jeremy. The evil Jeremy waits outside. (laughs) Why doesn't he try to steal their powers then? It's unlocked. They're weak. They don't know anything. He must have seen the the place light up with magic. I don't know. Maybe he's like, was that their powers coming up, like being turned on, or was that lightning? I don't know. I guess I'll wait. (laughs) Well, Phoebe has a line later about how when they didn't know about their powers, they were they were safe. But now that their powers are unlocked, warlocks are going to come after them because warlocks want to steal powers. So why was Jeremy already buddying up? Okay, he he does have a line later where he says, like, I knew when that old witch croaked, then your powers would be unlocked. So I guess he was just waiting for Grandma Ghost to die so he could steal their powers or something. Yeah, I guess... There was no point in a warlock coming after them until they had their powers, so... It must be, yeah. All right, one point to the charmed pilot. Mm. (laughs) I'll give him credit for that one. So the girls start getting their powers. Uh, Mostly it's them encountering dickish men. (laughs) We got uh, Prue at the museum where she she meets up with Roger, and uh, in her anger she makes his uh, pen burst in his pocket and uh, strangles him with his tie. Yeah. She could have murdered him. Yeah, it seemed like she would have killed him if he didn't luckily have scissors in his desk and cut his tie off. (laughs) Would that turn her into a warlock for breaking their oath? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oopsie doodle. (laughs) Um, Piper is is bullied by a French asshole chef at her audition Mm -hmm. uh, because he wants to eat her food too quickly. He won't listen to her that she, she needs to add like one more thing and she ends up freezing and just... Like, gets yeah. over this very quickly. <laughs> you want to talk about a non-reaction to something? It's this. Like, Piper doesn't know what's going on here at all at this point. It's just, from her perspective, time <laughs> has frozen. And all she thinks of is to go, oh, I'll add that last ingredient to my food that this guy's about to eat. And then time comes back. I'm like, there's no freak out. There's nothing. She's like, hmm, all right. <laughs> uh, I know time has stopped and the world could be ending, but hang on just a second. <laughs> Let me put this soy sauce on this dumpling. <laughs> yeah. Mmm, this would have sucked without that soy sauce. <laughs> yeah, what if the food was still shit? <laughs> yeah. What if it was what if she just wasn't a very good cook? Ugh, what did you put on this? <laughs> it would have been better without it. <laughs> 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 Runs away. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Phoebe also, she uh, has her first premonition while she's uh, on her bike. She foresees some uh, skaters being hit by a car and she saves them and kind of lightly falls off her bike. <laughs> she does a slide, like kind of. Does she slide on the car? She's not on the car. She just slides on the ground in front of them. But it's a very light fall. Yeah, it's just a. she would have probably got scraped like I could see her scraping her skin, maybe her arms doing that kind of slide on the pavement like that. But but she's she's hospitalized. Over yeah, this. I, I was like, hospital? I don't know about that. <laughs> they did not. Um, they didn't cover this very well to show that she was hurt like it's possible that you could like land on your elbow in a way that like it was injured but um she's not holding her elbow you don't see her like fall that hard and they don't show her in the hospital at all they don't even show that she's hurt the only reason i know how she was hurt is because in the unaired pilot they show bandages on her arm otherwise i didn't know her arm was supposed to be hurt i didn't know how she was injured Mm mm-hmm well, I mean, there's a more severe injury in the other version, too, but... Um, yeah, like, it's more severe there, but you could say that she, like... Let's say she landed on her elbow wrong and they had it checked out or something, maybe. Maybe. But, like, I mean, like, they don't they do not do any, like, coverage of it that you don't see her in the hospital. They don't show in what way she's injured, so it's yeah. just not a very good way to portray this. I would think, too, though, with, like, Phoebe apparently not having much money and stuff right now, she wouldn't want to go to the hospital unless she really <laughs> needed to. <laughs> yeah, she knew her sisters were good for it. <laughs> I don't know, Prue's got that great job at the museum. She'll, she'll do it. Mm, yeah, Prue pay for it. <laughs> it's interesting that she immediately wants to help the kids. It's weird seeing like Phoebe actually like want to help people. Yeah. I'm surprised she didn't try and rationalize that, like, oh, but if I save them I might not be able to save other people later, so I should probably let them die. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't any of my business. <laughs> kind of funny like we see them outside a lot more in both versions of the pilot like just out doing some things yeah they shot on at the location of the house a lot more Mm -hmm. i think because um because they shot at the actual house um when they uh did the unaired pilot and then when they were doing the final version um they had to match a lot of that stuff and they were probably like putting a little more effort in and that they were like filming on location some versus other episodes where you got to kind of like churn things out and limit how many locations you go to. Mm-hmm. When Prue goes to the hospital, she meets uh, Andy there. Um, and I, do they say that they grew up together or is this something that I'm just remembering from later? Um, they, they made some comments to the effect that they knew each other for a while and stuff. Yeah, it's clear that they knew each other, like that they had a past, but I don't think there's they specify. I think in the unaired pilot they do, but in this one it doesn't seem like they specify exactly how they knew each other. Yeah, I don't know if they said exactly, just that they're old friends. <laughs> yeah, just that it had been a long time because she's like, oh, you're an inspector now, and like they're kind of going over what's happened in their life since they last saw each other. Mm-hmm. So she picks up Phoebe... And she is unconvinced that she has powers until she finds out that she can put cream in a cup of coffee. <laughs> the silliest <laughs> creamer that power. <laughs> that doesn't even fit her powers, though. It's no. like teleporting it. Yeah. 
because they have a prop that can do this. That's the only reason they do this. Yeah, like that's not moving something. That's just magically making cream appear in the coffee. They're just using like an old magician's prop or something to do this. Mm -hmm. Silly. I love that's the thing that convinces her. She's like, oh my god, I guess I do have powers. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now I can have cream whenever I want without having to move. (laughs) Um, So Phoebe has been doing a lot of like reading in in the Book of Shadows. So she's finding out all this stuff about witches. And this is where she explains that witches can be good or evil. Uh, Evil witches are warlocks and they just try to steal powers from witches. And that's when they figure warlocks are going to come after them. And uh, they go to the uh, pharmacy to pick up a prescription for scrapes or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why Phoebe needs a prescription now, too. It's just like, what? is she dying? She scraped herself. <laughs> she crying. But we don't even know that. They don't even explain how she's injured. She's no. never, like, cradling her arm. She's wearing a hoodie over it, so it's not like you see any bandages or a sling or anything. Yeah. I mean, you'd think... At- Best, all she would need is the same thing Prue's looking for, which is just an over-the-counter painkiller. Prue's getting, like, aspirin just for a headache. Uh-huh. So they have, like, this talk, and, it, like, Phoebe has some line about, like, well, why don't you just move the headache from your mind? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Is she making a joke there, or, or do they literally think that's how it works? <laughs> I don't Let's, I guess we'll we'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say that it, she's just being sarcastic. I think. I would hope. <laughs> she's trying to get Prue angry because she realizes that Prue's powers are triggered by her emotions. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she starts talking about her daddy issues. Just dad, 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 dad. And all the stuff goes flying off the shelves. And then Prue starts choking Phoebe with a tie. <laughs> yeah. I'll kill you. <laughs> Ask Phoebe. <laughs> I mean, I like these scenes. I'm I'm gonna give the the show some credit here, like um, because I feel like we do a lot of bitching about the later stuff, and there's certainly a lot of like problems with early Charm too, and that it it's kind of silly and and a lot of like early genre '90s television kind of stuff, but mm-hmm. um. I think the interaction is good. Like, I think they had, like, a good dynamic with the, the girls. Like, they all had different personalities and different hang-ups. And, like, even though there were, like, negative aspects to them, it's it's characters with flaws that are acknowledged versus just acting like they're perfect all the time. Mm-hmm. I liked the, the two different takes, you know, on their, their deadbeat dad. You know, like, Prue's just done with them and... I would believe that, and, and Phoebe's trying to find him, and that also makes sense, because some people deal with those things differently. That's something that they, they did a little bit of in the new charm, too, and that their dad was absent, and uh, Maggie was the one that was more attached to their father and holding out hope, versus the other ones that are like, dad's not going to come, he's not going to do this, like, just forget about dad. Right. And um, the fact that Phoebe was the the black sheep of the family, like, I thought that was an interesting dynamic. And it made her more endearing, too, because, like, I think everyone knows what it's like to kind of be a a screw up. And and she had sort of a a redemption arc to her. She was trying to make up to some for some of the dumb things that she did as a kid. Mm hmm. And um, Prue having to stick up her butt and having to deal with being the older sister 
uh, growing up in a family um, where they were raised by their grandmother. Their mom died when they were really young. So a lot of the times when um, when a parent dies, the older sibling has to take care of a lot of things, even though their grandma's taking care of them. I mean, you know, I think, like, there is some limits to, like, you know, older people taking care of people and, like, you know, yeah. being a single parent, too, because, like, she didn't have... Their grandfather was out of the picture. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the slack gets picked up by the older sibling. Yeah, they're saying that, that Prue didn't have as much of a childhood as the other two since she had to be a bit of an authority figure to them. Yeah, and Piper was kind of caught in the middle there because, like, she loves both of her sisters, but there's just this constant conflict going on between them. Yeah. Uh, but I think, like, the true star of the episode really was uh, was Jeremy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've never seen an enemy quite so scary <laughs> as... Why did they put him in that sweater? I just want to know why they picked this, like... I don't know. He's just... This particular outfit for him. It's just... <laughs> Make you think he wasn't the bad guy is my only guess. Like, oh, he looks so disarming in the silly sweater. <laughs> but he ju- he just looks so lame. Uh-huh. He, he is lame. He d- <laughs> yeah. Piper's so dumb, too. Like, he's like, hey, let me take you to this romantic abandoned building. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just really need to show you this. Oh, that sounds cool. Random middle of the night trip to an old abandoned warehouse. Okay. <laughs> he uh, he attacks her with a knife in the elevator, and then uh, an effects extravaganza. <laughs> but as he's a like after he pulls out the knife, even Piper's like, "Stop joking around!" <laughs> like, do you think that's a good joke? <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. My bad. I'll put the knife away. <laughs> what, what kind of relationships has she had? <laughs> This is normal for her. Oh, Oh, you joker. (laughs) Another boyfriend doing the old I'm gonna stab you routine. Good one. (laughs) So he he holds up his hand and he's got like like candle fingers. Yeah. (laughs) There's flames on him. Was that a practical effect? No. Because the flames looked too good to me. Yeah, they they weren't um digitally put in yeah so i guess they did it with a practical thing there was probably something behind his hand shooting them yeah maybe they because you never see anything like that again because it wouldn't do anything it it feels like they had a box of magician's props okay Mm -hmm. they had the creamer thing and they had the flame hand thing and then they're like yeah we can use these to do magic tricks (laughs) (laughs) i like that was the candle witch at the beginning like her candle lighting powers that he stole (laughs) oh is that what it was oh my god i didn't even get it i just thought he randomly held up his hand i'm like no he's showing that that (laughs) he got her lighting powers (laughs) he ate her brain a la silar and then stole her candle lighting powers (laughs) but we should have seen like throw a fireball or something to show like this isn't it now in you know a more a fight context <laughs> like i'm gonna shoot fire at you now because i stole her power this this was something that was reused from the unaired pilot so i think it was pretty obvious that they had a very limited budget mm-hmm. um they might have like been able to do some stuff with the reshot stuff but you're not gonna like reshoot scenes you already have so i think stuff like that it's just because these were things they could afford to do 
Yeah, I don't know why they did that silly warp on his face though. Oh, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, it just it just morphs his face and looks at, makes it all squished in for a second. Like that doesn't look intimidating. That just looks silly. Like why? It's better without that. <laughs> it looks like it was a temp effect for yeah. the the unaired pilot, and then they left it in, mm-hmm. which is probably what happened. They're just like, this was meant to be a temp, but we don't have any money, so <laughs> just keep it. Yeah. Left it in. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> now that uh, now that they know he's evil, he just goes on into full on bitch mode. He's just gonna be calling them bitches a lot. And yeah. So like, Piper freezes him and runs away, and he's like, "I'll get you, you bitch." <laughs> Crown's mine, bitch. Constantly, <laughs> I'm evil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he goes into full like ham and cheese mode. <laughs> yeah, and then like. After Piper gets home, they do a spell up, which is something you don't really see them doing later in the show either. Like Usually, when they're like putting items and stuff together, it's because it's like a big deal spell. Otherwise, it's just they just say a, a line and then mm-hmm. something will happen. Uh, just, I like that it felt like they do things like this in the pilot here. It makes these things seem like more serious and... That they're actually doing magic together instead of just like, ugh, baby, dude, just, <laughs> just do our same powers, Piper, blow them up. <laughs> yeah. But they do like this spell, like, what was the point of this? It was like to disconnect their love or something, and there was a rose, and then it ended up like making rose thorns come out of him. Yeah, that one was kind of... Uh, gruesome a bit, like all the thorns coming in out of Jeremy. <laughs> it's more gruesome than you would see on Charmed usually. Mm-hmm. Like generally, it's very clean how they're going to get rid of these. They just explode into some CGI dust. Yeah, or it's just a digital explosion, then they're gone. <laughs> I, I guess the idea must have been to like kill him with the thorns or something, but it didn't work. Yeah, I guess because they weren't using the power of three, they weren't powerful enough yet. Must have been the idea. I don't know. One other thing I like about the pilot, too, though, is, like, they're not making them out to be, like, the ultimate saviors. Like, the charmed ones aren't the ultimate power. No, they do call them the chosen ones. Yeah, but, like, you can have that without saying, like, they're the only ones that can basically do anything. Which is what the show kind of turns it into later. I mean, they do establish they're, like, the world's most powerful witches in this line. Like, they were foretold or something like that. Mm-hmm. But they do like they do say that there's some building up to do. It's not like immediately like they're the most powerful witches ever. Yeah, they'll be the most powerful, inconvenienced, annoyed people <laughs> in the world. Oh, uh, but the ultimate power was actually Billy and her sister. <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel like things are presented of on a more level playing field. I guess they're more grounded. I think yeah. and less like fanficy. Yeah, that's the that's a good way to put it. Crown's mine, bitch. Jeremy shows up uh, at the house uh, and he's pretty mad. And uh, Prue tries to get rid of him with her powers, and he says, "Cool parlor trick, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> he does like a a shitty like CGI door blast when he comes in. He like blasts the door open. Mm-hmm. I think he does that when they get to the attic. There's some point yeah. where he blasts the door open. Yeah, that's at the attic. And he like he just laughs a lot like Freddy Krueger like they deepen his voice like 
Yeah, I mean, I will say I thought the way they get rid of him was kind of weak, though. Just repeating the power three will set us free till he explodes. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like, doing the rose thorns and doing this whole, like, big tornado because it was like, at least the effects were making it seem like a big deal. Uh, they don't usually get this elaborate for a second stringer like this guy, huh? <laughs> yeah. Maybe because he's the first one, they gotta, you know, it's taking a little bit more mm-hmm. effort. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, he's just a dude named Jeremy, though. He's not <laughs> even, like, Jeremy the Destroyer of Worlds or something. <laughs> he's just Jeremy. We gotta get rid of this Jeremy guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, like, I find this so funny. Like, it's not... <sighs> I find it hilarious that throughout, like, a lot of the early seasons, they start moving on to just, like, demons more often. But when they kill warlocks, they are just killing people. Yeah, Warlocks are just people. Yep. And, like, I understand that they're evil, so it's not the fact that they're killing them that is, like, bad to me. It's the fact that they don't seem to care that they're mm. murdering human beings, at least the first time, to be like, so he just killed a person, right? Yeah. <laughs> just because he exploded into CGI doesn't mean it wasn't a person. Yeah, an old wishy-washy charm, like, never really established where it landed on, like, if you can be good or not after that point, whether you can turn someone... They're just, they had stories that acted like, oh, you can never be good if you're a warlock, or maybe you can be good. Oh, we're stupid. <laughs> I remember they do one, uh, I think it was season one, it was a very early one, where Piper is afraid to go into church because she thinks that they're oh, yeah. evil as witches. And I remember that one being a very good one, because mm-hmm. like... These are questions that you would ask yourself, like, because you're a witch, like, does this mean that this, where does this power come from? Are you still considered a good person? Mm -hmm. These are the kind of moral questions that you want to see in a show like this versus, like, can you lead a normal life or not? I'm just going to bitch about it forever. Yeah. Like, they actually, like, dig into that. And that episode ends with her, like, finding her confidence and, like, going over the threshold of the church and smiling and realizing, like, you know, it doesn't matter that they have these powers. It matters if they are good people. Mm-hmm. So, that's when the show used to care, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but this uh, this episode asks um, a very uh, a very good question. Do witches date? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Prue's not sure, <laughs> but Andy asks her to dinner, and she's like, I don't know. <laughs> do they date? And one of the sisters, I don't remember who, is like, not only do they date, but they get the best guy. <laughs> <laughs> I always wondered that. Do witches date? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this was the kind of, like, silly fun, though. Like, I mean, it, it was a lot of the, like, this is what we think women like. Mm-hmm. talking about, like, dating and men all the time, but in, like, a silly way. Like, it was funny. Versus, like, you just don't like strong women. <laughs> or Phoebe talking about dating people while her boyfriend's overseas. Yeah, or just being horrible people. <laughs> you just, it's just because I'm a woman. It's No, because you're a bitch. <laughs> cool parlor trick, bitch. <laughs> They, uh, they end with the uh, iconic shot of uh, Prue shutting the door using her magic. Mm-hmm. And it turns kind of into the Goosebumps theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> Goosebumps. 
I think that was also in the uh, unair pilot, so I don't know if that was left over, like, you know, temp track <laughs> or something. Um, so that was the uh, the normal pilot. Let's you wanna you wanna dig into the unaired pilot? Yeah, the unaired pilot is an amazing title sequence. <laughs> <laughs> well, describe it, Phelan. <laughs> it's white text and then a bad lightning effect <laughs> happens. <laughs> I think it's just like Times New Roman. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. That was hilarious. Yeah. I always find things like unaired pilots interesting, you know, where it's like this slightly different version of another, of an episode that did happen. And, you know, where you got replaced actors and stuff, seeing a different take on a character. Yeah. So was this, uh, I, I know you weren't sure, um, do you think that this was the first time that you saw the unaired pilot? I think in its entirety, yes. Because I know I'd seen it before, but this was a long time ago, so a lot of this was, was um, new to me in that I, I needed a refresher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they had some uh, they had some key differences here. Uh, first of all, it is shorter. It's like half an hour. Mm-hmm. Um Secondly, they have a different Phoebe and they have a different Andy. Yeah. They they had to reshoot scenes around that. Uh, there are a lot of reused ones that didn't involve those actors. Mm-hmm. Um, almost all of the interiors at the house are reshot, even if they don't involve the replaced actors, though, because originally they shot on location and then it got switched to a soundstage later. Yeah. I think there's like one or two reuse shots, but most of it isn't. You notice in the actual house, the layout is kind of different than they present. Like they change it a bit later through the show anyway, too, but the house is noticeably a bit different, even though it does look similar. It's similar enough. Like if you, if you don't, if you're not really into details like that, if you saw them side by side, you might not even know they were shooting on a different location. Mm-hmm. Like, and they recreated how the attic looked too in the house more accurately in um, the aired pilot as well. And the the attic doesn't have like that wind that window with a pattern that they're always in front of in later seasons. That's not there at all. Um, Lori Rom is Phoebe in this one. I didn't think she was bad. I didn't think she was bad. I I think this is probably skewed a bit from being familiar with Alyssa Milano, but it does seem like she doesn't fit as well to me. I don't know. I mean, in the context of this pilot, I thought she was fine. I... I wouldn't see her turning into what Alyssa Milano's Phoebe turned into later. <laughs> oh, no, the show would have been vastly different. Yeah, um, I don't know how that would have went. She played it more aggressive, too, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, when she was saying her lines, like, I think Alyssa Milano kind of had, like, a, a more, like, upbeat skew to it mm-hmm. than Lori Rom was doing. Yeah, seems accurate. She's kind of giant compared to the others, too. She's very tall. <laughs> she, she was very tall compared to the others. <laughs> I don't know if I bought her as the, the bad girl as well, either. I don't know. I mean, I think I could. I think I <laughs> believe her being tougher than Alyssa Milano's Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> she seems more physically imposing. <laughs> she, she could beat someone up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think, like, ultimately, she really doesn't have enough time. It's just 30 minutes to really know what she would have been like. Yeah. 
according to IMDb, she just uh, left for personal reasons. So this was not recasting because they they decided on Alyssa Milano later. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if we know what happened. Just personal reasons. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what would have happened if she stayed? I think it would have been for the better, to be honest. <laughs> because, well, I mean, I think some of the issues might have still come up. I don't know with working with Shannon Doherty if there still would have been issues. Because I know, like, she's notorious for, like, having behind-the-scenes issues. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that stuff would have happened, like, anyway. Like, maybe they would have gotten tired of her. As far as, like, the later seasons when Alyssa Milano and uh, Holly Marie Combs were producers, I think a lot of bullshit decisions happened because they were in charge and could veto whatever they wanted to. If... Alyssa Milano hadn't been there. I don't know if Holly Marie Combs might have stepped up still, but I think some of those decisions wouldn't have happened like that. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it still would have been, still probably would have had Brad Kern taking over, so it probably would have still downhill slide, slid a bit. This came up in a, in an interview uh, that I was reading with Rose McGowan when she was talking about her time on Charm. This was like an excerpt from her biography, actually, I think, her autobiography. Yeah. And um, she was talking about how strange it was on Charmed in that, like, it was a show about women uh, with three female leads that was mostly written and directed by men. It was largely skewed um, with men in charge. And yeah. so I think that's part of the reason why there's, there's that feel there where it wants to be female empowerment, but it so skews into just sexism so much. It, what was the number of like female directors? She said that there, were there, there. was one she, that one. when she was there, there was only ever one, one. and that's, they treated her like crap. That's pathetic. <laughs> and that was, I don't know if that was just during her seasons or the entire run. And that I think that's probably an, an industry wide thing. So I don't I don't know if that's just charmed because I think female directors like they notoriously just have a hard time getting work yeah, versus men. But I think the shows had done a lot better than that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean it, it's absolutely pathetic, and I think Brad Kern was a large part of it because Brad Kern's a pretty sexist kind of asshole. So, <laughs> and a lot of his focus was on like sexy costumes and stuff like that versus like sisterhood, which is what constant and Burge wanted to focus on, which is part of the reason that she left. She was um, pushed out because of creative differences. It was just constant fighting. So she's like, fine, I'll stay on as a consultant. And then for did that for like one or two seasons. And then it was just like, all right, bye. Mm-hmm. Gone. Yeah. Must be some fun getting pushed off your own project. That, that's crappy. There were so many behind the scenes things that were really terrible about this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so what other differences were going here? Oh, what, what did you think of the, um, of the new Andy or the old Andy, I should say. <laughs> the old Andy. <laughs> um, I didn't, he wasn't horrible and get too much from him, I guess. He didn't have a lot to do. I think he was more of a, like a bad boy. It seemed like they put him in like a leather motorcycle jacket. Yeah. He knew about them and I don't think the other Andy did. Mm-hmm. Because at the end they're talking about it. They're like, "Do you think he knows?" And they're like, "Yeah, I think he knows, but who's gonna believe him?" Mm, yeah, he, he seemed more wise to a few things. He seemed more suspicious of them, and like he didn't ask Prue on a date. He, it seemed no. like he was just gonna be like chasing them around the season, trying to figure out that they're witches or prove it. Yeah, that could have possibly been what's gonna go on. Because one of the big things too was you know the cat. They have the cat at the end, and like there's. 
just this slight glance that uh, Andy does in the aired pilot. Where he's just like, oh, the cat, oh, well, kind of, and leaves. <laughs> where, yeah, the unaired pilot Andy's more suspicious looking about that. I guess because he, he recognized the symbol or saw it at the murder scene. or Well, he saw the cat, things. yeah, because he's patting the cat at the murder scene and stuff. Oh, okay, so he did see it at the murder yeah, scene. Yeah, and he looked at the cat's collar and saw the symbol on it and stuff. Okay, yeah, that would be weird. You yeah. would think there's some connection there, and that probably tied into something in season one. I, I don't remember it because it's been a long time, but it probably happened with the, the Andy they went with. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a Daryl this time, though. His conversation no at the crime scene... Yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. Two thumbs down. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no Daryl, so he just has that conversation with some random other cop that's yeah. just in a, a normal cop uniform. Though he also has a conversation with Jeremy where it's better established that he's a reporter, where it's just kind of a passing thing in the aired pilot. In the aired pilot, they have, like, a line about it, but Mm -hmm. you don't really see him, like, you have to put it together, like, oh, that's why he's at the crime scene, because he's, he's invested, he's, like, uh, looking at the story, Um, versus, like, this one, Piper gets a call from him, and he's there at the crime scene, like, wearing, like, a trench coat, like a Columbo trench coat or something, (laughs) which is not how he dresses through the rest of it, and it seemed kind of weird, like an old-timey reporter costume (laughs) or something, and he, uh... And he wants to get the scoop on this, and uh, they didn't reshoot it because that had the uh, the original Andy in that particular shot. Mm-hmm. Like, he shows up at the end of the shot, and then he goes to talk to him. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, I'm here investigating this story, like, just yeah, clearly Yeah, and he, he bugs doing. Andy about it, too. He's like, do you know what's going on, da 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 at him about it. So it's like, okay. And, like, I think that it's better establishing that like later when it's revealed that he's evil that it's probably him kind of scoping out the situation which i mean i guess you slightly see in the aired pilot but this better establishes that yeah i think this did a better job of showing him kind of slinking around and kind of having his hand in all of this and uh it still doesn't explain how he knew the lady at the murder scene. No. It still doesn't know, like, what are you doing here? I don't know. Is she just like, you stupid warlock, get out of here. Quit <laughs> stalking me for my powers. What are you doing? Well, clearly the way it was delivered is like, oh, you're supposed to feel the momentary relief because it's someone she knows. And then, of course, they kill her anyway. So, yeah, who knows how she knew him. <laughs> yeah, they don't, they never explain this. No. Uh, they do more shots outside, too, like you were saying, and uh, they have, like, a shot where uh, Piper is pruning some bushes <laughs> pruning. outside. Pruning! But Prue is not in the scene. No, mm. no Prue. <laughs> uh, Phoebe's talking to her. Um, this is a scene that they do in the other version, but they're just sitting on the steps. But this time, they're, like, pruning, and they're talking about their ancestors, like the Warrens, and... Um, they walk into the house from there. Yeah. Uh, from, like, that part of the yard that you never see them in, I don't think, ever. Yeah, I don't know if you ever saw them over there in the normal show. And you were reading, too, this is something we didn't catch, that the manor was called the Warren Manor in this version? Yeah, and that's something they do talk about. They talk about the Warren line and stuff. And it's like, okay, so instead of just being the Halliwell name, it's the Warrens here. Because well, the Warrens was a, a continuing thing in the show, right? But they're make 
they make a bigger deal of the Halliwell thing later once they retcon it to being their maiden name because Halliwell (laughs) first was their father's name. Their first bad father who shows up was Mr. Halliwell. Yeah. (laughs) I don't remember what they change it to later. (laughs) That was kind of funny. They uh, they also, uh, during the scene where Phoebe has the premonition about the skaters... They do that slightly differently. The effect is a lot better. Yeah, like, it's not a crappy just zoom in on the video. Because, <laughs> like, that's what happens in the aired pilot on Phoebe. You see this bad zoom in and the quality gets all bad because you've uh-huh. zoomed in so far. And they just kind of do, like, this um, transparent multi kind of zoom in on Phoebe. Like, it's just kind of like... um explain it very well like you kind of see a zoom in of her face as she's biking but it's just like multi zooms of the frame kind of coming at you semi-transparent and then it flashes to her premonition Mm -hmm. so yeah that looked a lot better and this whole scene looks a lot better because you buy more that phoebe probably hurt herself because she's on a a steep uh decline road here and the fall she takes is going over the roof of a car and falling yeah. off of that after she stops the two from biking out and getting hit. <laughs> yeah, like, when she hits the car, it's a bigger impact that you would believe that she'd be injured there. And mm. you actually see her at the hospital. Yeah. And she's got, like, a bandage over her elbow. So it's like, okay, she hurt her arm when she was hit by the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that whole thing was reshot because they had the uh, the new... The old Andy was in there, and so they had to, like, reshoot it with the new one. But they didn't have Phoebe in the final pilot at the hospital. Which is weird. Why would you do a hospital scene but not see the person who went to the hospital? Yeah, I was thinking how odd that seemed even before we watched the unaired pilot. I'm like, uh, (laughs) why don't we ever see Phoebe at the hospital? And then in the unaired one, she's there. (laughs) Especially when it's not clear how she was injured. It's it's just confusing. Mm Mm-hmm. So afterwards, uh, they have that conversation where they talk about witches and warlocks, but there is a very specific line in there that they cut out yeah. um, or they shorten uh, in the final version. Uh, in this version, uh, the new, uh, the old Phoebe, the new old Phoebe <laughs> says, uh, <laughs> if a witch violates this oath, like witches, witches have an oath that they uphold, which is, um, which is uh, do no harm and do as you will or something like that. So basically it just means like don't hurt people and then do whatever. Just as if you, if you hurt people, you're violating this oath. So you don't use magic to hurt people. Right. Um, and she says this line as Alyssa Milano. And then she says, if you violate that oath, then you become, um, you become a warlock. I think she says they, they do this. And then the bad ones are the warlocks and they steal powers. And it was a very shortened version. But in this version, they say like, if they violate this oath, so if they harm someone, they become a warlock regardless of gender. Yeah. Which doesn't, they don't specify that in the final version Mm -hmm. that warlocks could be men or women. And I'm, I'm not sure if that was ever really clear through the whole series. I'm not sure. And, like, saying that, like, if they hurt someone, they become a warlock seems, like, different, too, because, I mean, how do you even, how do you even, like, establish that? I mean, the girls use magic to, like, fuck with people, so I guess, like, you could be a <laughs> warlock if you do that. Yeah, they were warlocks by the end of the series, for sure. 
Yeah. Prue uh, strangled that guy with his tie. Surely that counts as harming <laughs> yeah. someone. Immediately they're warlocks. <laughs> <laughs> There's uh, another difference, too, in that when... Uh, when Prue finds the cat, yeah. <laughs> she takes it inside, and then, like, in the final version, she just leaves the cat there? No, she she finds the cat. Like, she said this cat, like, somehow got into the house again or something like that. And then in the aired pilot, she just puts it back down on the floor. I'm like, well, why would you go? There's a weird cat that keeps coming into the house, but I'm just going to keep it in here. And in the unaired pilot, she actually goes over to the door and puts it back out. I'm like, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Why does she keep the cat in there? I don't know. It's not like they show that they have some sort of attachment or connection, which they do, apparently, to the cat. Mm-hmm. That it's their familiar. To be like, okay, they'll keep it in the house anyway, even though it would be a weird thing to do. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this cat, anyway. Yeah. Sit it down in the house. Just going to leave it in here. What? <laughs> and it's a cat with a collar, so she would think it's probably someone's. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well. When Piper comes home from being attacked by Jeremy, she is uh, noticeably filthier Mm-hmm. in this version she's got like dirt all over her face yeah does she have it in the attic when they get up there though did she clean herself up i don't remember maybe she like washed up before they cast the rose spell or something <laughs> just a second <laughs> <laughs> yeah it actually makes less sense having her do that here i don't know why she was so filthy <laughs> from that old building i guess mm-hmm The most important difference is, though, when they go up in the attic, there's a pole there. (laughs) (laughs) And they stand by the pole. (laughs) It did seem a little weird and distracting that they're just standing by a big pole in the middle of the room. I think they're kind of using it to brace themselves, though, like when the magic tornado comes in and stuff. But yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, I mean, I I get why they took it out. So they could just have the shot kind of center on the three of them better i feel yeah i feel like it would have been a problem later on anyway so i guess when they were on location that's just what it was but when they did the soundstage they're like no let's let's not have a big pole in the middle of the room yeah the shot i noticed too though in the aired pilot it's like all about prue more than just the three of them because it's kind of like her front and center and then the other two are kind of in the back holding her hand she was sort of like seemed to be marketed as the star of the show at that point Mm -hmm. i think because of like 90210 and stuff like she was like the best known of them Mm -hmm. even though all of them were known for something Alyssa milano was really big and like holly marie combs had done i think picket fences was the show that she did so like i think shannon doherty was though the one that they sort of like wanted the audience to focus on Mm mm-hmm uh, one also big difference is when uh, Jeremy comes at... You know what's coming, right? Yes. <laughs> All right, what happened, Phelan? <laughs> For some reason, before Jeremy actually physically goes up to the attic, he appears as a snake with his face <laughs> on it and just kind of annoys them for a few <laughs> seconds, and then he comes into the attic. He turns into, like, the Beetlejuice snake. Yes. <laughs> like, the <laughs> face on the front. Why? The Beetlejuice snake, but if it was digitally done and really dumb looking. <laughs> it was shit. It was like in the Scooby-Doo movie when their souls get stuck on the little sperm things and they're floating <laughs> around as heads or something. <laughs> 
It's like, why would he? Why would he do that? And it has no effect, even. Like, it's silly. No, but then it's also they wasted so much money on that. Yeah, it's silly, and it doesn't do anything to them. It's like, at least have it do something if you're going to put that silliness in there. Yeah, I don't know if they were trying to establish that he had like a hodgepodge of powers that he stole from witches, which doesn't seem like a thing they go with later. I know warlocks are trying to steal their powers, but it seemed to kind of like most of them had like orb balls or whatever. I guess they weren't orbs, but like power balls or fire or something. They would stick to like a theme, but this mm-hmm. guy's kind of just, eh, I don't know, flame hands and a yeah. snake and a knife. He's knife, knife powers. That's what he has. <laughs> I kind of wish that was more of a thing, though, like, that some warlocks were targeting them because, like, they're higher-profile witches a bit. And it's like, well, if I get one of them, you know, I'm going to be really powerful. They was, though. I guess. Earlier on, it was more of Earlier a focus. On. Yeah, and it, it started kind of going into, like demons and things that could turn them into costumes and stuff like that but earlier on it was a lot of like warlocks or they would have to go save innocence Mm -hmm. did they team up with other witches more earlier too because i feel like that should have been a thing (laughs) i feel like they did they did i know they certainly let a bunch die (laughs) oh yeah they certainly did yeah but i think it was like the fact that they were witches was a little, it was supposed to be a little more special and like white lighters were protecting witches and witches were protecting innocents. And then it sort of turned into like white lighters protect witches, which are the innocents now. I, I don't know. <laughs> so they were very confused about their own mythology. And uh, they, they end with a line where they go, well, what do you want to do now? The same thing we do every night, Piper. <laughs> Try to take over the world. So that was the the unaired pilot. I found that very interesting to compare that with this one. Yeah, especially the f- few things that were done better in the unaired pilot. It's kind of funny. It was clear that they didn't um, have as much money. Um, a good chunk of it was just reused uh, later anyway. So there, there were just like a few things that were just done slightly differently. Or hurried a bit more because they only had half an hour to, to pitch this thing to whoever was going to pick up this pilot. So, now that we've uh, we've gone back as far as we could go, <laughs> uh, what what are your final thoughts on the pilot of Charmed, Phelan? I'm coming off of those other episodes, it's such a whiplash. I guess going into something that's trying a lot more, trying to be atmospheric. They're trying to present them as characters that care a bit. <laughs> Yeah, um, the pilot's a lot better. There's a lot of goofy things still. A lot of the effects don't hold up very well. <laughs> it has a lot more promise than the show t- did later. <laughs> it did. And I think, like, once we finally do rewatch episodes from earlier seasons that are, like, into the proper season, mm-hmm. there are some differences. Because, like, with any show, pilots always kind of have some awkwardness or some things that are, like, the tonally not the same as what they do later um but overall i mean it was such a breath of fresh air to see it like back when the show like had uh some ambition and 
and more thought put into it. They couldn't have fucked up any continuity in this episode yet yeah. because they didn't have anything to build on. So I think that was to their benefit. Though we still notice there's some continuity things that don't really fit with things later. Oh, for sure. That's the later episode's fault, really. <laughs> <laughs> I liked seeing Shannon Doherty again. I miss seeing her and stuff because, like, she is a good actress. And legitimately, all of them are. I think, like, it, sometimes it gets a bit lost that, like, I do think that they're good actresses, but with all of the stuff that's later, it's just mired in, in so much bullshit that it's it's easy to forget that, like, when they don't have creative control, when there's some thought put into the story, when the writing is there, even, like, corny, let's go on some dates, silly, supernatural, Buffy-inspired stuff, mm -hmm. you can still create a good show with good characters that you care about. It's a bit sad going back to this, <laughs> because, yeah. like, I know in future polls, people are going to pick the ones where Phoebe's evil. <laughs> <laughs> They don't want. They don't want to talk about the good stuff. <laughs> they it's want to kinda, talk about the bad stuff. It's kind of sad though, too. Like you said, like a lot of pilots are kind of awkward, and like going back to Charms pilot from like wh where were we last season one? Season six. Yeah, and you have to say like the pilot was miles beyond better than season six. It's sure. that's bad. <laughs> yeah, real, real bad. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how to wrap this up. What What do you want to do next, Phelan? <laughs> I'm gonna close the door. I'm holding my hand up like I'm closing the door. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what do we want to do next? Yeah, same thing we do Phoebe every week. takes over the world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, I'll put up another poll uh, on Patreon. Uh, if you guys want to get in on this, uh, you could find uh, the poll and early access to videos and the like at patreon.com slash movie nights. Uh, and if you guys liked what you heard on Charmed Hard with a Vengeance slash Charmed Rewind, I uh, appreciate it if you liked or commented or subscribed or tweeted about it. Uh, hashtag uh, Jeremy Sweater. Uh, <laughs> hashtag what, what double Phoebe. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag uh, new old Phoebe. No, <laughs> I'll cut that out. Yeah, <laughs> cut it. All right, we'll see you, Charmanders, next time. Bye.